Everybody's tweeting, faving and deleting. Follow Friday, some of you know. And play Dream Tweet, the game show to go. Ah, it's the game show to go. Dream Tweet, everybody. It's the celebrity based Twitter themed game show that's coming your way where two Twitter titans go head to head in a battle of wits and wisdom. Tune in, subscribe on iTunes, and there'll be a new game every single week. And remember, if things get a little bit sassy, just try and keep in mind that I'm just being a bitch. That's my catchphrase, and I'll be using it, and we'll be having laughs, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's Dream Tweet, the game show to go, and it's coming soon. You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, Regents. I, I can't even hear you. Well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't touch on hospitality. Oh, all right. Manny had oh, really? the heart attack, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to remember his name. Uh, is this one off? <laughs> yeah, it's totally off. And it split our trucks? Yeah, it's split. Oh, great. All right, great. <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> you. <laughs> what? <laughs> How serious you are? Yeah, well, I don't want. I wanted people to hear. Yeah, it. you should be professional. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. That's <laughs> the thing I think of when I think of you. First and foremost <laughs> is professionalism. Professionalism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why uh, we're in a cinder block room. <laughs> we're <laughs> so. in a prison. So, do you want to introduce me, uh, Mister Professional? Yeah, could I start? Yeah, please. Listen, start. I've got two things written on this oh, piece good. of paper. <laughs> Uh, I am the professional Adam Spiegel, and this is Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. We're here with the very professional Bobcat Goldthwait. Super professional. Yeah, yeah. One of the top <laughs> top six or seven most professional people. I, that's how I get introduced. Yeah. The, Ladies and th- gentlemen. The 37th most professional comedian. <laughs> or 38th. It depends 38th. on the day. 38th. It yeah. depends. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Barry Gibb was ever considered a comic, so I guess I'm still You're okay. 37th. Yeah. But Donna Summer died. You're like, oh, good. I move up one notch. <laughs> Again, not a comic. Oh, not a comic. Not a comic. The, uh, it was the most professional like icons from the 80s and 70s. Yes. Then then that would all make sense. You're up there. Well, yeah. you were really young in the 80s. There's a fly going around. It's making me There's crazy. There's a fly. Uh, I am, uh, I yes, I, I'm Bobcat Goldway, and I was big in the 80s. No, no, because the reason I bring it up is because I heard <laughs> another interview. That's not how I meant to do it's this. It's a support group. It is a support group. <laughs> Hi, you know, Michael Winslow is coming in later. And... Uh, <laughs> The the mayor from uh, Benson or the governor from Benson's coming in. Oh, I'm, I'm I wasn't familiar with the Benson show. You never watched Benson? No. What are you saying? I'm a racist now? Yes. Well, you knew he was black. <laughs> well, so I did. You that. are a racist. Maybe, That's maybe. why you didn't. No, watch I'm it. not a racist, but but I just didn't watch Benson because I just thought that was uh, not an accurate portrayal of a black family. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, a did family. they? No, did they make him the the? He was the butler. He was kind of the butler. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I didn't watch that show because I'm not racist. Oh, I watched it because I was racist. <laughs> yes, and I was eight. And oh, I didn't watch anything. You were eight and a super racist eight. <laughs> I was. You were a self. I separated my, my uh, stuffed animals. You would sit there in a little hood. 
How do you, first of all, how do you know I'm cereal. Jewish? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Actually. Uh, Seriously? Enough of the Jewish stuff. Okay. How do you know? Now, you know, I wanted to, because you brought up about being so young. Like you were 20. You were 19 when you were on Letterman. I got on Letterman when I was 20, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, they didn't go, hey, here's a guy who's only 20. Uh, you know, I think my introduction was this guy is weird or something like that. Letterman said one of the weirdest or strangest comedians we've seen or something like that. What were you doing that was strange? What did you do on Letterman? Um, the persona that folks would know me for, but, I, you know, at that point, um, I hadn't been in police academies and things like that. But I, I did stand up and I would go on stage and I would just cry and read a Dear John letter or uh, do stuff like that. I, I remember once I had a garage. I'm trying to give you fresh material that I haven't oh done on God, other podcasts. Oh, my God. Good luck. No, but I, I know. I've been all over the uh, podcast verse. But, um, I'm glad we can be last. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just I saying, take all the good stuff. Like, look, you want you look. I can give you such a polished, awesome no, interview I don't want because because I've done so many. Yeah, yeah. Or I can try to give you fresh material, but you we know, we can just have a conversation. But tell me this, the old stuff. The old stuff. Give me the good stuff. No, I'm not going to give you what I talked about before. But I, I would do things like have a garage sale, but a real garage sale, like I was moving, so uh -huh. I actually put all my shit on stage, <laughs> and then you walk down the street, and there was a sign that said "free coffee awesome. garage sale." So, but I would have. How much did you make in the garage? Uh, I, I made question. like 200 bucks, oh, but I also good. got rid of all my crap, so it was good. It, right. But I moved to San Francisco from Boston after I got on Letterman, and I opened up for Paula Poundstone, which was a strange bill. But uh, but yeah, so um, before I kind of broke into movies and stuff, I, I, I did really well as a comedian in San Francisco. I used to sell up like theaters and stuff because uh -huh. they would hear me on this Alex Bennett radio show. and. And I never would drop characters, so people wanted to see who was this weird guy, because they would hear this voice that I was doing, and 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 I would be weird. But, but I resented that, so I started performing in a cardboard box. So they what used to mean? they would wheel a cardboard box out on stage. Uh, it was really small. Yeah, yeah. And then the, I'd do forty five minutes inside a box, and then they'd wheel the box off. But I would say, "Do you want to see what I'm look look like?" And eventually, you know, they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." They're yelling, and and then I would cut a slit in the box and push an eight by ten out, <laughs> and then pull it back out. <laughs> Good night. So I never really did traditional stand-up. I was always doing this persona and stuff. And, and, uh, and kind of, you know, it's easier. It, you know, I was much more comfortable than being myself on stage. Yeah, is that why you did it? And then it just happened to fall well, into it? Well, and then the people who I really liked was like Andy Kaufman and Brother Theodore or even Groucho Marx and stuff like that. You know, they weren't comedians that... You know, even when Groucho was doing your show shows, you still, that's not the real Groucho, but it was just this persona. And it was just much easier to, to, to you know, I liked those guys. I didn't, I didn't relate to guys in sweaters who were talking about dating, um, you know. You would have been good at it. <laughs> well, you were wearing a sweater now, for the record. I am wearing a sweater now. <laughs> we were just I've grown talking about dating. It. And I'll talk about dating, too. Yeah, your wife hates it. My wife uh, hates my dating. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I should tell <laughs> jokes. Sorry, let me do it again. Your girlfriend doesn't mind, but your wife hates it. Yeah. <laughs> again, Jackie Mason. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why I would think you were Jewish. <laughs> I'm quoting Jackie Mason. <laughs> quoting Jackie Mason. Oh, yeah. And you're, you, did you ever see him? You're spritzing? Him. Uh, I never saw him live, no, but uh, I've ran into him a few times. Oh, really? Did he know who you are? No, no, no. he could give a shit. He doesn't yeah. give a shit anyway. But yeah, well, no, but but I don't expect, like, I go, oh, there's Jackie Mason. <laughs> He's going to really be down with my irreverent brand of stand-up comedy. I saw it was filled with, like, Jews in their 80s and 90s. Where and did you see him? Here in L.A. in the... Uh, 
A temple? A temple. <laughs> <laughs> he did so, a Saturday so afternoon show. So it wasn't show. that weird. It wasn't that. It was just sitting there. It wasn't even a show. Yeah. No, it was at the VA place where they have shows. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No, yeah. I don't. But It's he, on you know, Wilshire. But he does huge. I mean, he does giant venues. He still sells a ton of tickets. It's and tons. Of, it was a lot of old Jews. People I mean, they're all dying them. off. You have to yeah. find an audience. Now, unfortunately, the audience, I make my whole audience, my whole act and my... Uh, my film canon <laughs> is all aimed at fifty-year-old uh, stand-up comedians who are white. <laughs> that's that's your audience. Yeah, that's my. That's, that's who I'm making audience uh, my movies for. Yeah, that is demo. my. It's very limited, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, if you could get one of them to buy a ticket for a million dollars, well, that's where you want to go. I'm saying the one million step, dollar ticket. I'm saying step up, Saget. You know. <laughs> I'm saying, come if on. he's not around that weekend, you're fucked. Yeah, I'm fucked. You know? Yeah, and, or he doesn't uh, want to go to Lemley. But yeah, so I really just kind of, kind of, you know, now I do stand up, but when I do it, uh, I, it's still not myself. I'm still not speaking the way I, you and I are speaking. Thank but God. but I think everybody who does stand up, you know, so the, it's it, funny. Yeah, exactly. It's, not, <laughs> it's just it's just not me being a. a, a pretentious anti-Semite, which I'm discovering. Uh, do you hate? Do you hate stand up? Uh, I used to hate stand-up, but but now I kind of uh, like it. Uh, I don't I don't like the 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 the. Uh, w- there's a lot of things that stand-up comedy became that I'm not a big fan of. I, you know this idea that um, you know the corporate comedy, you know the 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 improvs and the the you know the 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 Popeye's fried chicken aspect of of comedy. What is that? Well, uh, Popeyes bought the improvs. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so, so literally the Popeyes. So you go on the road, you go play an improv. It's all about. Uh, it's not. It has nothing to do with comedy. It's uh-huh. like a guy that they recognize from somewhere from, and and, the, and it's all date night, and it's all you know. It, it, so the cool thing that is exciting right now, in almost every city, there's a whole comedy scene that 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 people aren't even. It's really funny. The old guard's completely unaware of you know, which which is exciting. Assuming like the Laughing Skull in Atlanta, is that what you yeah, mean? but no, I mean, I mean, like, um, well, if we're going to talk about Atlanta, you know, like there, there's uh, the, um, there's other venues too. I mean, the Laughing Skull is a good room, but there's also like uh, the the Relapse Theater, which goes on, and there's just all these people finding alternative venues, which is a horrible, pretentious word to use, but alternative venues instead of the five, six nights a week comedy. Which you know uh, traditionally advertise on the classic rock station. And, right, right. The and, funny five o'clock funny. Yeah, and 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 um, and and uh, also, uh, so I'm all for that. You know, things are exciting. But but m- when I go out and do stand up, I uh, <laughs> I phone it in. No, you, I, no, I, you really do. You I, I literally really put do. A, you I, should put a phone I, out I, there. That's what I wanted to call my Showtime special. Bobcat go like phoning <laughs> it in. Um, I think uh, I just think that stand-up comedy is like um, uh, you know it's exciting now in some ways too where where people uh, you know there I know recently there was a thing where someone was there was a because it got forwarded around a lot about someone a comedian who who's an established comedian who was writing about you know and and wasn't a fan of what they call alternative comedy but. But I'm all for this idea. Oh, you don't want to say the name, or no? I couldn't remember the oh, name. Oh, it's Bill Burr. Yeah, and and Bill Burr is a super funny guy. But 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 I don't have a problem with these guys because 
just as there's a ton of really hacky, horrible comedians who make their living playing improvs and selling them, there's also a lot of really pretentious, unfunny alternative comics. Now, but let's say, hey, you know what? There's still some really funny guys who play improvs. Hey, there's still some really funny people who play alternatives. You know, to, to chastise, to say, dismiss one completely because that's where people work is ridiculous. I love the idea that I could reach an audience that isn't there for date night, that isn't there for police academy, that isn't there because they heard me on, uh, you know, Tate and Teabag in the morning. <laughs> I love that I can reach my... Did people contact for Tate and Teabag? Yeah, yeah, you know, my, you can reach your specific audience. Now, so then the comic goes on stage and he doesn't have to pander to the dumbest person in the room, which is what really sucks to comedy. You could be a great comedian who can rock a crowd of strangers, but I, odds are you have to dumb it down a little bit. But, all right, but for you, like after you do Letterman, you become a household name and people are coming to see you. Did you feel like you still had to dumb it down? No, what happened was once I got on Letterman, uh, people started coming to see me. It, it's really strange. Um, I had a at that time I only had like 35 minutes so so I had a stretch and there's a this comedian uh, James Anthony Brown who uh, I believe is still out there he's he does big, radio yeah, yeah. is he okay yeah um, and I, I really it's never really mentioned this I owe that guy a huge huge debt because um, I didn't have material and he was the feature and he kind of covered for me while I scrambled wise. yeah and while I scrambled to get like 50 minutes together that weekend and so you would do like more up top. And then you'd only have. He just covered left. for me, yeah. You know, we did about the same amount of time. Maybe he did a little longer. And and it was the Funny Bone in Pittsburgh, and uh, I was filling in for Bob Nelson, who canceled for some reason. Wow. And I just did Letterman, and I went and did it. And the Schneider brothers, who were famous, they would get in fights while you're on stage. Uh -huh. Like, there'd be people, like, you know what I mean? You hear a fight, and you go, hey, is everything okay? And it'd be the club owners. Wow. <laughs> Just keep going, you know? So, so, <laughs> Fucking motherfucker. So, and the other thing was is that there was this waitress there, and Paul Reiser had played the week before, and she's like, what's Paul Reiser really like? And I'm like, uh, he's a nice guy. I've met him a few times. He's a good guy. And he's like, well, so what's he like? like? So clearly... <laughs> <laughs> clearly, I was flirting with this this woman, and clearly, she had a thing for Paul Reiser, and and I was like, oh, let me tell you, you know, I'm sure he's got one in every town, baby. And, uh, Wait, can we talk about this? You were the king of the cock block. Yes, I am the king of the cock blocks. Yes. But, but yeah, turns out they've been married now for like thirty years. Yeah. He overcame this. That's yeah. amazing. You almost ruined their children's block. lives. Almost didn't happen because of your fucking. Well, can we t let's talk about how what, you my cock blocking? It's fascinating. It is fascinating. I, I mean, you marry now, you don't. Yeah, you're, yes, yeah. You're, I'm no longer a cock. But, I still cock block. Yeah, I was I gonna mean, say. I don't, I'm sure your I wife just thinks it's hilarious <laughs> when just, you cock block. But I just still, seriously, right? But I still just do it new ways, you know. What yeah. is that? And that's even worse that you do it now because you have no intention of being of with this woman. Of course not. Of course yeah. not. I don't know why. If we, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm such a cock blocker. Do you remember all the times you've done it to me? I did it to you all the time. All the time. I would do like. A flying clock, cock block, like across a room yes, for you. Yes, I was talking to a woman who was attractive, and I see you coming down the stairs, and you you light up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, it made you me see so what's happy. going on, and, and I immediately walk her out of the building. You would actually get mad. You go, oh no, like you would get really yeah, mad. I took, put my arm around her, not in a bad way, just to push her out of the building before you got there. And I go, you know what? Let's walk you to your car. Let's get out of here. <laughs> but I did get you once. Um, 
I don't want to say the actress's name, but I was, it was a very pretty actress, and she was talking to me. And, and to be honest, she just wouldn't stop talking to me. And <laughs> of course. You, she was a woman. Well, yeah. She wasn't blind. Man. No, she's not blind. She's got taste. <laughs> she knows where the money is. No, so she's talking to me, and I couldn't get rid of her, and I, nothing was going to happen. And I saw you, and you lit up like a Christmas tree, and I was like, this is my out. Oh, no, did Bobcat come in? <laughs> and then you, you got stuck with her for like a half hour. Wait a second. I got stuck with her because she was a crazy actress? Is that what? She was a uh, Scientologist. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, so that's why you dumped her on me. Oh, that's pretty funny. Well, she wouldn't. She wanted to bring up my levels. Oh, so my level trying, is down to negative yeah, two. Yeah, I got you. So yeah. she was trying. She was just. Uh, oh, that's how I became a Scientologist. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not a Scientologist. I'd be doing so much better in you show business. You would be doing me too. As a Jew, I'm disappointing. I had a lot of uh, early on. One like my first HBO special. There's just a non sequitur where I was like, I'm a living example of Dianetics. Ah! You know, and, and the Scientologists, they were like. They were trying to get it edited from the special. They were all freaked out. I got How did letters they hear from about it before? Because they used that as the commercial. <laughs> <It's> like a, <laughs> on HBO, ah! I'm living an example <laughs> of Dianetics. They would protest my shows and stuff. Well. What? They, they but I mean, I just think it was... I didn't even know... I honestly oh, had, I didn't know anything about Scientology outside of... I just saw that exp thing that they would say... You live in Hollywood and it's it, Dynetics. No, I wasn't even... I was like in Boston. I just uh, said, what is Dynetics? I didn't even know what it was. And I just thought it was a funny non sequitur to say. But I unleashed a bunch of attorneys and, and uh, then they were... They tried to... They asked me to cut that out and we kept it in. And then they also... Uh, I had some joke about Bruce Willis that they asked to cut out, and I and they let me keep that in too. What, so, was, the, what was the problem? And what was oh, the joke? Oh, because this is like in the '80s where everybody was doing anti-drug commercials, and he had done one, and I said, "Hi, I'm Bruce Willis. You know, don't take drugs, but if you are, why not wash them down with a wine cooler from Seagrams? Because <laughs> he had the Seagrams wine cooler ad. Yeah, yeah. So then I was a friend of Demi's and. Where uh, they were a couple, they started uh, hooking up, and uh, Bruce Willis comes over and goes, Hey, uh, saw your HBO special. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, uh, Yeah, I bet you did. And I proceeded to drop uh, a shrimp pesto all over <laughs> my shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Plus, I mean, because also, <laughs> Uh, Bruce is super charming, you know, so, and, and I was like, uh, I was such an idiot. So, no, long short, uh, I mean. Well, who the, wanted you to cut it? Uh, HBO was. It's kind of funny because then Bruce and I became friends and it was like, you know, so it would have been kind of silly if we had cut it. But, but um, uh, definitely the uh, bigger man, Bruce Willis, he just uh, kind of, uh, t you know, isn't that weird? Like, I can't even imagine in this day and age of podcasting and commenting Someone would just walk up to you and call you on your shit face to face and not do it and uh, 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 some other medium. What do you mean? I don't. You mean because everybody everybody argues now through yeah, podcasts like, or Twitter I, I, or like instead of um, you know there there's a, a, a people who I'm not going to talk about who who <laughs> who go out of their way to like threaten me with lawsuits and this and that and they both have my phone number. <laughs> Right. I don't want to go into that. No, but but I'm just saying, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like so you gotta hats off to Bruce Willis who just would come up and say, Hey man, uh hey man, why'd you say that about me? What did you say when someone said that? He goes, I had friends that you know that died from crack and I go, Well, I've had friends who died from wine cooler. Yeah, right. And and 
And we just went back and forth, and we just kind of became friends after that, you know? I mean, what was his problem? Was it because you were making fun of the yeah, I think No, that I was singling him out, because basically all Bruce was trying to do was a nice Help thing, people. and I bust his balls. Which, yeah, so yeah. I definitely was in the... I was an asshole. <laughs> but do you apologize right up, or do you say, this is the joke, get over it? And no, did. no, I didn't say this was the joke. I said I, I, I said that, uh, uh, that I was... I, I think I said I was an asshole, because he was just trying to do something good. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, it almost sometimes it takes that kind of thing for me to figure out stuff. Like I very rarely, like I'll make the joke or I'll, I'll even write a screenplay and not have an idea exactly what it's about until later on. After <laughs> sometimes it's when someone calls me on it, and other times it's it's later on I figure it out. You know, uh, I never. I never know what any of the last, certainly the last three movies were about until after I made them. So what were they about? Like Sleeping Dogs Lie? I mean, to you now, not to the way you pictured well, it. Well, I, I, they're personal. I, yeah, I would oh, say yeah. that. So, okay. so, so um, but, the, you know, I don't know what this new movie's about. You know, it's it's like I say. God Bless a, America yeah, on it's a, VOD. On VOD. Video, or by the time you hear it on DVD or. Um, but, or I'll be doing the. <laughs> Dinner theater version. (laughs) Say, Roxy, let's get some guns and start shooting celebrities. (laughs) Bobcat Um, is. But I know that this movie doesn't come from. I mean, I I have. uh, For those listening, I'll explain it quickly. Uh, It's a suicidal guy. He's not. He turns into a suicidal guy. He's diagnosed with a brain tumor. His kid's turning into a rotten kid. He's divorced. Kid doesn't want to see him. And he's watching a show that's like my super sweet 16. In fact, I don't even think I took the time to change it. It's like called my super duper sweet 16 or something. But so he's watching the show, and instead of committing suicide, he shoots that girl in the face and uh, kills her. He drives 400 miles, and he kills her. Spoiler alert, I always get that wrong. I always do it backwards. <laughs> but so, so he ends up... Um, Going to, uh, uh, you know, this teenage kid says, did you kill Chloe? And he doesn't say anything. That's her classmate. And she goes, awesome. And so she convinces them, and they go on the road together. Uh, so w- this movie, I'll tell you what it's not. It wasn't me sitting there going, oh, I wish I was famous, and all these celebrities who are reality stars are famous, and I'm not. You know, it didn't come from that. I, I do understand now that, that a big part of it was I, I wanted to make a movie that questioned our own appetite for distractions, you know. Um, some people will criticize the movie and say, well, this character could have just turned it off. It's like, really? Can you can you avoid the Kardashians? Because I don't watch the show. I don't watch TMZ. I don't watch anything the E on E. And and I'm still fully aware of their comings and goings. You, you know? know, like she got married for a minute. You and know, then all the things. Yeah. So yeah. so so, so news. and and it's it is treated as news. Yeah. And it's also just and 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 the certain things will come through our culture, and we just talk about them as distractions. And I'm not saying that every conversation should be heavy and about about uh, you know social political issues or politics and something. But but we're uh, we're not connecting anymore with each other, and and that's clearly what you know. I'm starting to figure out that's what I was trying to do with this movie. And so he was connecting by what? Just removing the people or sh- <laughs> punishing them? Well, I felt like it was more punishment. But 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 Frank is trying to connect, you know, and, and How's that? well, he finally gets the family that he's missing through this kid, uh-huh. you know. So he is trying, you know, because because like so they have rants about who they like and who they don't like, but what they're really saying in these rants are, "I'm listening to you, and you're listening to me," and that's all. They're not like half of the people they talk about killing. They really Frank doesn't want to kill. He says, "I don't want to kill people who deserve to die." He only wants to kill people that are nice. She wants to kill everyone from Diablo Cody to. 
you know, to NASCAR fans. Oh, Yabba Cody is another example of there's a celebrity. There's a perfect example okay. of, but there's a perfect example that, that, that she says uh, we should kill Diablo Cody. She's the only stripper that suffers from too much self-esteem. <laughs> but 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 she says that because he that's says too good a line he not said, to put yeah, it. I guess that maybe that was it. Maybe just me being a comic right. going, that's a good line. That's got to live. But yeah, yeah. there's a tiny bit of that. But there was also the part was that, you know, she's. The kid gets called Juno, and that's based on my own daughter, who's a really funny kid and a person. When and when someone says she's funny, sometimes they'll go, "You're like Juno," and she's like, "Dad, I want to stab him right in the throat when they say that." So I thought it was funny if Frank says uh, calls her Juno, and she says, "Don't you ever fucking call me Juno again?" And then Frank's like, "I don't," you know, I needed someone who didn't deserve to die, and that was a good example. But instead of Diablo Cody, instead of dealing with it with like uh, calling me up or watching the movie, and then she just wrote a blog about it. <laughs> how I all heard right, it's her a perfect feelings. example. Yeah, it's a perfect example of of people are all pussies now. You know, nobody, nobody. Uh, if you have a problem with someone, you you write a blog, you comment, you 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 podcast about it. But what you was just her don't... problem? Was that how dare you make fun of her as a filmmaker? Well, no, her thing was that it was because you it, go deeper than just the joke in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was because someone asked me to remove it. So <laughs> did you some... remove it? No, no. Then you added I, more. I added like another page and a half of dialogue. Oh, because I saw the movie and I was like, I thought it was just the one joke. <laughs> no, but then I added all that more because someone suggested I cut yeah. it out. And I said, well, is she your friend? And he said, because when I worked on Kimmel or Chappelle's show, if someone said something about someone and they were your friend, you'd say, hey, you know, do we have to do that? And, and, uh, and I said, well, is she your friend? And, and uh, the guy said, no, I, I just think sometimes you do smart comedy and I think you do stuff that's not so smart. So and after then, firing that guy. So, <laughs> no, so you, you say so, I'm the director of this so, film. No, you know. So that. I went back and added another page about why she he sucks. So her. So, so poor. So poor Diablo Cody ends up just being um, lateral damage. You I'm know? glad you grew up. Since you, the Bruce Will, you learned but something she, from the Bruce she's Willis. She's in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. I, but then the other thing that's funny is. Uh, this person wrote her an email and said, uh, "You know, Bobcat Goldthwait's a liar. I told him to cut it out, and he didn't." And 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 I'm paraphrasing this because I didn't read this, but but I heard of this exchange. And she wrote back saying, "Well, thanks for having my back, but I would never, as a filmmaker, ask another filmmaker wow. to censor themselves." So I'm like. Oh damn you, Diablo Cody! You took the high road. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I have to, to apologize to her, just like Bruce Willis. I go, oh, I guess you're right, Diablo. I'm, I'm a dick. That's hilarious. So, so she did write a blog, or she didn't? She did. She still wrote one anyway. She wrote one that said that she, I saddened her, and she hadn't seen the movie, but she'd written this thing that said that I, I'd saddened her. And you do like think that people in show business don't have feelings, which is really funny because I'm very sensitive, like everybody. Well, you called one of your albums uh, after somebody insulted you, right? What? You, you look, no I don't offense. mean to insult you, but you look like Bobcat Goldthwait. But that yeah. was a real thing someone said. I know, right? but, but it, I didn't it have got anything. in craw that you put that on your merchandise. <laughs> well, I knew it was a good line. <laughs> yeah, it is a good line. <laughs> it's a great line. But there's a picture of you smiling on that one. Yeah, right? anyway. uh, that picture is funny because uh, uh, I'm a huge Elvis Costello fan, and I met him, and he goes, he goes, uh, you have a CD? And I go, yeah. And he goes, your face is all elongated on the cover. And I go, elongated. 
And that was it. That and, was then he, it. Yeah, and then he walked away. Like, it was so, like, I was such an idiot. Because you were like, I just had the greatest conversation with Elvis. I just said, you know, he said that I was elongated. I said I was elongated. <laughs> it was such a good, we're like bros. So then months later, I'm in a hotel and the elevator opens. It's a really fancy hotel in San Francisco. And the elevator opens up and it's him and his wife. And I go, yes. And then walked <laughs> off the elevator <laughs> as if we were in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> And he even like was saying hello, you know. He's being like clearly he'd recognize me, and I go sure. yes, and I just walked <laughs> off. It wasn't my floor. No, it was good to get off the elevator. Yeah, I had to get off. There's yeah. no way I could have sat there. It's too scary. That whole hotel was really funny. It was a really fancy hotel in San Francisco, which I always think is funny. Like these movies I make on, uh, you know, as I say, my movies make hundreds of dollars, but I make these movies on shoestring budgets. And then when we do the press, they put us up <laughs> in fancy hotels. Right, they put money for the press. <laughs> yeah, and so weird, but. Um, uh, so uh, this, you know, this is an example of a big ego and low self-esteem. There's this this uh, attractive young Asian woman at the uh, a, a, in the lobby of that hotel, and she says she waves at me, and I wave back. I'm thinking I'm getting recognized, and she gives me like the come on over here thing, and I walk over, and she goes, "What are you doing?" And I go, "Oh, I'm 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 calling it night. I'm I'm going upstairs, going to bed." And she goes, "Do you want me to tuck you in?" And she was a hooker, but like I just thought that I was like, and and I wish I had, like I wish I made her tuck me in, like yeah, you know, like like just actually, that it, yeah, just yeah, had yeah. her tuck me in and read Goodnight Moon. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's how you do she's a hooker. She yeah, 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 yeah. Here, here, I want yeah, yeah. warm milk and Goodnight Moon and some cookies. That is so funny. Uh, None I, of those I, are euphemisms for anything. No, they're actual they props. Warm milk. Yeah, it depends what you're into. I have warm milk. So uh, we're going to take a break, or I'll split this episode in two, and you can listen to it next time. So we'll be right back with more Bobcat Goldthwait. I'm not really going anywhere. We're right here. <laughs> this is and, so uh, weird. What is going well, on? Well, I might split this up in two episodes, uh, or keep going. You mean going. you're saying this is that dynamite? Yeah, people like it. Wow, people. Oh. People are being into Already, people, people are tweeting. People are, <laughs> people are talking. Uh, but we do, if you want to watch uh, Shakes the Clown, you can watch that on our website. I try to find a feed. It should be on Crackle, but they took it down. I, I don't know. But I you mean, can buy it on Amazon through ProudlyResents.com. Yeah, it's great. All right, well, thank you, Bob. And ProudlyResents.com. And if you go there, we're selling movie tickets on there on Fan, from Fandango. So support us by buying your movie ticket there instead of at a kiosk from a small child. All right, <laughs> ProudlyResents.com. Adam, that, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview.